0: Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas to every one of you joining us today. Christmas is such an amazing time, isn't it? I know I look forward to it. And many of us look at Christmas as a wonderful time to spend with our family and close friends. It's a time of where we exchange gifts as a sign of our love and gratitude for one another. It's known as the most wonderful time of the what? Of the year. It's where we get the opportunity to look back at the year with some gratitude and thanksgiving. Yet it doesn't take a genius to see that this year has been dramatically different and difficult. And so it might be difficult for you to look back and to see anything to be thankful for. And yet it's in moments like this that all of us need to lean into hope. And so my question for you is this, where are you placing your hope? Where are you placing your security? You see, Webster's definition of hope is to expect without certainty, to desire very much with no real assurance of obtaining your desire, and so it begs the question, do you have high expectations in the government, in financial markets, in education? If so, you and I will be disappointed. You see, our world is constantly changing. Trusted governments fail, great economics falter, and strong institutions prove to be what? Unstable, and when this happens, We naturally struggle with fear and insecurity. You see, the world, however, won't become more trustworthy no matter what happens. You see, since the origin of government, people have been promising a better and better, more civilization, and yet no man-made advancement has permanently enhanced life, has it? No institutions, okay, have. Even though they go through periods of time of where we can benefit from them, Ultimately. Any society or civilization that ignores God just won't last. It's because the talented and knowledgeable people involved in leading these organizations are broken just like you and me. And so greed and pride and lust can bring the downfall of many societies and civilizations. You see, clever and charismatic leaders will always be there to offer a better tomorrow But no man or woman is the solution to the world's problems. And that's what Christmas is all about. Because Christ is the only one who can deliver on his promise. And his promise is hope to you and me. For everyone who trusts in him, he offers hope. You see, in this world that's constantly changing, it can be a scary place. Especially for people who are trusting in something else other than Christ maybe in the systems of the world or in education. But those who trust in Jesus Christ can have hope and confidence, even in a chaotic environment, even in a world that seemingly is falling apart. That's only temporary. We can have hope. Now, I wanna give you the biblical definition of hope. Not Webster's, but the biblical definition of hope. It's to look forward to something with certainty, to have the absolute confidence that what you're looking forward to will come to pass. You see, when you and I live without that hope in action, what happens is we become shaken. We begin to feel the sense of of insecurity and fear. And yet when we live out that hope in action, it becomes what the Bible calls faith. And so what you are hoping in can only be as certain as the person that you're hoping in. And Christmas is all about putting our hope in Jesus Christ, in his character, in his commitment to you and me. You see, he is the only unchanging constant, the only one who can never fail. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only place where certain hope can be found. And the more you know, and the better you know him, and the promises that he has for you and me, the greater your peace will be, regardless of the times in which you and I are living in. You see, the less you know, the greater will be your doubt and feelings of fatalism. But the more you know about Jesus Christ, the more confident you will be. Now, there's a verse that I want to share with you. It's not really a Christmas verse but it's a verse that many of us have on a refrigerator. I know that I do, and yet we don't fully understand it. We don't know the truth behind it, and I want to share it with you. Jeremiah records it, and it's what God the Father is saying to the people of Israel, and here's what he said to them. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Wow, you see, this was originally made to Israel and they were in captivity because of their disobedience. However, that was not the end of their story. God was going to send his people through a process that wouldn't define them, but listen to me, it would refine them. You see, God wanted to remind them here in Jeremiah that he had a hope, he had a plan, and it wasn't to harm them. It was to prosper them, that he had a hope for their future, that what they were going through, the captivity, wasn't going to last forever. It was a season. You see, it's easy for you and I to feel like we will never see an end to that difficult situation, and that when we're in the middle of a storm, it's nearly impossible to see the end of it. And yet, once you and I begin to see from a higher perspective, you'll be able to see the end of the storm. And so how can we survive the, cap- the captivity? We rely on the promise given from the one who has the higher view, the better perspective, the promise of hope. And so captivity isn't terminal. It's not going to last forever forever. And so what I want to say to you today is that God is saying to you and I, I know the plans I have for you in the midst of COVID. It's not for your demise or for you to give up, but it's a plan filled with a future and a hope. It's not there to harm you. It's there to develop you. You see, the difficulties of the challenges of this past year are not going to last forever. As God told Jeremiah, I have a plan for you. It's not to harm you. I have a future and a hope for you. See, Paul reiterates this when he writes this in Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. I want you to to look at that phrase specifically, at just the right time. You see, you and I need to remember that. We need to remember that today because Paul was talking to a group of people who were under the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire. They were desperate to be freed from their oppression. It was absolutely a horrible and terrible time for Israel, but they didn't understand that God was waiting for just the right time. He understood something beyond any of their understanding or perspective. Jesus was coming, not just to save a nation, but to save an entire race from sin. And the Romans were in a time of peace. They had conquered all of the territory that they wanted to conquer. And so what do you do with a group of soldiers that have nothing to do? You see, there was no war taking place. There was no battles being fought. And so they used their soldiers to build roads that would connect the whole Roman Empire. And those roads would be used to spread the gospel that Jesus Christ had come into the world to free us from our sin and to give us eternal life at just the right time. The world was prepared and ready to hear this good news. So when you're feeling like you're losing hope, go back and remember God has not forgotten you. You're in a season of of waiting for just the right time. I had a a neighbor who was 85 years old and I was just young and, and single and she'd always tell me this, Dwight, God's never early, he's never late, he's always on time and just at the right time. That's true hope. You see, Matthew declared this when he wrote these words, All the world will find its hope, its certainty, in his name. Now, you need to understand that in biblical days, the name was unbelievable. The name meant something, and the name that he's referring to here is Jesus. But let's be clear, the name of Jesus is not a magical wand. It's not chanting his name that that gives you and I special powers, The power is in the name. It's in the person behind the name. And so, names meant something back then. They they just didn't name somebody a a name just because it was cuter or it sounded different. No, their names were badges of identification. They often told others who you were and what God's purpose was for your life. And so, what's in the name of Jesus? The hope of the world. Well, Matthew shares with us, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. The Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means savior or salvation. For he will save his people from their sins. That is, check this out, prevent them from failing and missing the true end and the scope of life. That's hope which is God. You see, Jesus was more than just a great teacher. He was more than an enlightened man. He was more than a worker of miracles. He was more than the source of a meaning in life. He was more than some self-help guru. He was more than a self-esteem builder. He was more than a political liberator. He was more than a caring friend. He was more than a transformer of culture or more than a purpose for the purposelessness. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus was the hope of the world. Jesus was the savior of the world. You see, Matthew gives us another description. His name will be called Emmanuel. That means that, listen to me, that God is with us. God is with us. He always will be with us without fail. He accompanies you and me. He empowers us. He encourages us. He equips you through every moment of every day, through all the circumstances that touches your life and touches my life. He's there. He's Emmanuel. He's the hope of the world. That's why Matthew says, all the world will find its hope in his name. All the world. That's you. That's me. You see, perhaps the greatest psychological, spiritual, and medical need that all people have in the world is hope. It's hope. The need to believe in Jesus Christ and his promise amidst the chaos and the confusion. So at Christmas, it's Jesus who we celebrate. Why? Because all the world will find hope in his name. So what's in the name of Jesus? Let's take a look. The first thing is grace. This is incredible. Grace, divine favor towards undeserving people like you and me. Grace is God giving us what we need, not what we deserve. Grace is when somebody does something for you that you don't deserve and I don't deserve and we could never earn or repay. Grace is the power from God that gives you and I both the desire and the ability to do what is right. Grace is God's strength to face whatever confronts you and I. Paul says it like this when he describes the grace of, of Jesus. I can do everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ. His name is grace, power, help, who gives me the strength and power. You know what he's saying? You have hope because in his name is grace, which is God's willingness to give you and I the power to face whatever life throws at us. So I have hope. But it's more than just grace in the name of Jesus. There's truth in the name of Jesus. Truth in the name of Jesus. Jesus says it like this in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. You know what he's saying? I'm the way to experience life and life to the fullest. You see, he gives you and I the truth, principles to live by. You see, Jesus said it like this. He said, everyone who hears these words of mine or this truth of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Here's the hope. Listen to this, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Is that incredible hope? All the world will find hope in his name because it's grace, because it's truth. And when we build our lives upon his truth, the winds can blow, the rains can come. And you know what? We won't falter. You see, listen to me. All the world will find hope in his name. You know why? Because Jesus makes life better. And he makes us better at life. Let me give you the third one. And that is love. The name of Jesus is grace. It's truth. It's love. You see, the Bible doesn't say that God has love. The Bible says that God is love. It's his nature. 1 John four sixteen says it like this. God is love. God is love. And he proved it by sending his one and only son into the world. And guess what? He sacrificed his son for you and for me. And by this sacrifice, God has demonstrated that there isn't anything that he won't do for you and me. And Paul zeroes in on this truth when he writes these words. He, referring to God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, listen to this, graciously give us all things? You see, because of God's love, I have hope. I know that he won't withhold any good thing from me. You see, God is able and willing to give us everything that we need, and that fuels my hope. You see, I know that he's at work. I know that he has a plan for my future. I know that he has a hope that will energize me, and I stand on that. It has nothing to do with my age or my education or even my past experience. It has everything to do with Jesus, the hope of the world. That's why Matthew says it like this. All the world will find its hope in his name. His name is Emmanuel. He's with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. His name is grace. We have the power to face everything that life throws at us. His name is truth. He's the rock. He's the foundation that all the storms of life can come, and we will remain solid and stable. His name is love. He will provide for us everything that we need, everything that we need. All the world will find its hope in his name. In 1927, an American submarine collided with the Coast Guard vessel off of the coast of Provincetown, Massachusetts. And guess what? It began to sink. The Coast Guard and the Navy sent out divers to assess the damage, and they began the rescue operation. And as the divers got close to the submarine, they heard a sailor tapping in Morse code. And here's what he asked, is there hope? That's the fundamental question that everybody's asking right now. That's the fundamental question of life. And it's asked every day by countless of people in countless ways. It may be when that person or maybe you You're sitting in the doctor's office waiting test results. Or maybe as a couple, you have gone to counseling and you're trying to work through the issues of a troubled marriage and it seems like it's getting you nowhere. Or maybe you got let go from your job. Or maybe you're you're dealing with financial difficulties and it looks like you're gonna have to file bankruptcy. Or maybe it's a parent who's just learned that their son or daughter has an addiction that's just wrecking their life. You see, it's this kind of hope that I'm talking about that we find in his name of grace and truth and love that will lift you from despair and give you room to breathe. You see, somebody has said that you can survive 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but you can't last a single second without hope. It's the essential part of life. And when hope is gone, life is over. And yet people everywhere are looking for hope in all the wrong places. Many times we look for it in relationships or self-help books or even in religion or maybe in our self-righteous behavior but there's only one place for you and I to find real hope, and it's in the person of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Paul says it like this. He says, may God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you this Christmas that the God of all hope will fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. You see, when you overflow with hope, you're not moved by the circumstances that are around you. You're not discouraged because this hasn't happened yet. You're not worried because you can't see a way through. You know that God loves you. You know that he is ordering your steps. You know that he has plans for you, that are good, that are good, so good that you can't be talked out of it. You see, all of us need that kind of hope, and it's only available through the person of Jesus Christ, through a relationship with him. And when you and I trust him, the Holy Spirit works in you and works in me and fills you with hope and affirms that God is in control, that he loves you and that he's working for your good. You see, when you overflow with hope, you're steadfast, regardless of what's happening in your world. You're confident that God is in control and that he's working for your good. And you're filled with joy and peace. And so I want to give you the opportunity to experience this hope. You can't live without it. You say, Dwight, this Christmas, how can I receive this gift? I'm going to give you a couple of ways. First of all, admit. Just admit. You just say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior and I look to you. You abandon, okay? You abandon self-effort and you realize that you can't be saved by doing good works or by your own efforts, that it's through Christ and Christ alone. You abandon all of that and you accept, you just accept this gift. I accept Christ's gift of forgiveness and payment for my sin. And then I acknowledge, I acknowledge that Jesus is the hope of the world, that Jesus is the savior of the world and that it's in him that I find and experience Eternal life. Do you have hope? Hope that is certain. It's found in the person of Jesus. Would you pray with me? You can pray a simple yet life transforming prayer this Christmas and experience hope no matter what you've experienced this past year. You can say, Jesus, as much as I know and understand, I believe in you thank you for coming into the world. Thank you for being grace and truth and love. I accept your life and your death and your resurrection. Fill me with your hope of joy and peace and help me to trust you. Help me to know that your character is greater than any circumstance that your promises are greater than any problem that I face and that I always have hope in your name. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus, and give thanks. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media. Download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.